Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. I am Whitney, and today I have with me Kathleen, Sarah, and Catherine, and we are missing the incomparable Claudette, but we're going to press forward anyway. We're going to be continuing our discussion about work and what work means in your life and how you can do work better. I was actually reminded earlier by Catherine, I have a hashtag, it's called labor of love. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Sort of moving from, let's say a nightmare scenario to a dream job scenario, a dream work scenario. All five of us are doing work that we absolutely love. And it was a process, right? It took time for us to get there. Sometimes we did. I'm just going to say it. Shitty work. Kathleen mentioned that in our last episode about work. And, you know, sometimes you do some other things and you, you just realize it's not a good match. It's not a good fit. And when you get to that point, you want to be able to move forward and do something that means something to you. It's meaningful to the world. It's fulfilling for you. It taps into your talents, your gifts, and you can make a contribution and a an impact on the world. And so we're going to talk about that today. And the ladies here will talk about what we're doing and sort of the process to getting where we are. And I want to set this up in the context of what's going on. There is this phenomenon that's being called the great resignation. And one of the outcomes of the pandemic, so in the early days of the pandemic, companies did some pivoting and they started doing something that many companies sort of refused to do which was to allow employees who could work from home, whose jobs lent themselves to being done remotely, they pushed back on that. But those early days of the pandemic sort of required some flexibility. And there was a lot of shifting in physicality, but not so much in mindset. And so as things have loosened up, in the American economy in particular, it's, this is happening uh, in other places around the world, in particular with global companies. But we're talking particularly here in America that companies are 
starting to implement their return to office policies or the the process of bringing their employees back to work in a physical location so that employees are co-located rather than doing work from home or wherever they've gone. Lots of people, when they realized they could work from somewhere else, actually gave up their homes in locations near their jobs and moved to other states. And then when their employer said, well, it's time to come back, these people said, I'm not coming back. I am not coming back. I like where I am. I like, you know, being able to work remotely. And so they are starting to look for other jobs. The numbers are saying somewhere between 25 to 40 percent. So if you find yourself in a situation, whether because of the pandemic or prior to that or just today, because we're talking about it and now we've put it on your mind and you're thinking about what does work mean to me? What what is this phenomenon of work aside from just paying the bills, right? Aside from acquiring things, what does this mean to me? How could I do this in a way that is in alignment with my values, in alignment with my priorities, that allows me to express myself in a way that I hadn't really thought about up till now? So, ladies, and I know all of us did this sort of mind shift and work shift prior to the onset of the pandemic, but the process isn't really any different. So what are some of the things that you considered in doing what you're doing? Explain a little bit about what it is you do or are working towards doing and some of the considerations and process that have gone into making that happen. Can I first just point out that today we are recording and it's Labor Day. It's not going to be aired on Labor Day, but it is Labor Day today, Labor Day Monday. Here we are gathered and doing our Labor of Love podcast. And on this Labor Day, talking about dream jobs. How appropriate and just cool is that? Absolutely. And it wasn't planned. <laughs> I will say that it was not planned, which, and we've talked about this before, how we just lay out our topics and then things sort of coalesce around what we're talking about. You so this just yeah. happened to fall on, yeah, it just happened to fall on this day. But synchronistic, nothing just happens. You know, it's just like our jobs. Yeah. The little sign. If it's a labor of love, it is definitely a synchronistic and it's meant for us to be. On purpose. This is how the universe lets us know. Right, Kathleen? You got it. <laughs> love it. Well, and speaking of labor of love, I think I might have been, I might be the right age to say that my generation, I'm 46 as of a couple weeks ago, and I've feel like my generation was one of the first generations to be told, dream big, you can have it, you can achieve it. That message got bigger 
for the younger generations behind me and it got bolder and it got expressed differently. But I, I remember my brother and sister who were older, four and five years older than me, didn't even really have that same message as a child. It was more before that message. It was hope you find something you're passionate about that makes you happy with work. But a lot of people really worked to pay bills. That that was was the outcome. It didn't matter whether you were happy. It didn't matter whether you were passionate. It didn't matter whether you were really sometimes even good at it. You just needed to show up and bring money home for the family. And I, I really feel like lucky that I got to be encouraged to have imagination around what could make me happy in the workforce. And I will definitely say that led me to not do college on some levels in part because what I was really passionate about wasn't a college course. Both times I became an esthetician and I worked 13 years in that industry. I pampered women. I made, I healed women. I, and men too, but mostly most of my clientele was women and and I made women feel beautiful, but that was a very hands-on job. And I did that through trade school. And same with real estate. I realized at some point that I wanted to come out of a room and um, not be so one-on-one. And I love real estate. And I watched my parents and my grandparents build their own homes. Um, And so I was exposed to it at a very young age and just feel really fortunate again to have found something that I love and I'm passionate about that makes money. And fulfills my heart and soul and provides an outlet to help people change their lives even. You know, that's a really special gift that I'm awarded when I get to work with someone is knowing that the results of our work together are going to have a major impact in their life for a very long period of time. And so I think we do have to evaluate how lucky we are that we can work in our passion fields. And hopefully you find yourself doing something that you're passionate about and something that you love. Dream home is certainly a magical, important, super important, actually, not just important, like, you know, these are being in the financial industry. I mean, these are, that's sometimes like the biggest decision a person will make in their life, you know, financially anyway. So what you're the work you do and all of the details and efforts that go into making it happen for a person too. I mean, that's a whole other level. (laughs) (laughs) But you're kind of in my age range and you're just a little bit younger than me. And I feel like maybe the message might've even been stronger for you as a child that dream big, you know, find passion, imagine life with no limits. You know, those were, I would guess Kathleen and Whitney, especially since you've nodded your head while we're talking about this, that you didn't experience that. Well, I know I did not experience that. You know, when you were talking, Sarah, I was like, oh, my message when I was a child is be lucky that you have a job and that you have income coming in to pay your bills. And so, but I never, I never was okay with that message. I just remember thinking, I'm not going to do things I don't want to do. 
I mean, as on our last podcast, when we're talking about jobs, I shared that I was a chambermaid or I don't know what it's called now, but people in a very high-end resort cleaning toilets. Let me tell you, that's not my dream job. (laughs) I did that for three months and that's not something that makes my heart sing. Now, I do know very well the people that I worked with, one of my, my supervisors, she is still doing that job and she's she loves it she loves knowing that she can provide a space for people to vacation in that's clean and very well put together and succinct and she loves that for me that is not what I love it's not a dream dream job for me frankly I think one job would be really fun is to be a Hooters girl (laughs) (laughs) and I will attest to the fact that it was really fun especially the days that we rode the tricycle around in circles and made everyone laugh or had hula hooping contests fun was had one of the best things because of that Kathleen (laughs) Kathleen's gonna have to apply for a job and do it for like just a day just uh, so we can see how that works out. Sarah could be her mentor. Sarah <laughs> could be her mentor. That's like one of the most powerful ways to like have success in a certain field is to have a mentor, someone who's done it. Well, I just to let you know, I was kidding, but I do think that it would be a lot of fun. And Sarah's definitely shown that she had a lot of fun doing it. And I mean, oh, I you would- know what you could do? You could just be a Hooters girl for Halloween. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Have a party, throw a party, be a Hooters girl for Halloween. There you go. One of my girlfriends was a Hooters girl for Halloween. She had the outfit and she created a pregnant belly and carried a cigarette around all night at the party we were at. It was amazing oh the classiness oh. all of it and she was a hooters girl as well she still had it and it still fit <laughs> i was kidding but the fact is it doesn't matter what you do as long as you love to do it That's yeah and love to all of our hooters girls out there we love you and sarah is a former hooters girl as well So my point is, if you can be that confident and you can go into a space and know that it is a job that you love to do, it's not about being misrepresented or it's not about anyone else. It's about you. And that's really what brought me to my job that I'm doing now is that while it's about me, it's about helping other people move through. It's about being the example for others that they they too can can live a joyous and connected life that no matter what we experience, and I say this all the time, but no matter what we experience, there is wisdom and knowledge that can come from that. And we can use whatever we've experienced as our life examples or as direction on what direction we want to go in. For me, I knew, you know, you had asked Whitney what drove us to do what we're doing is I knew when Logan took his life that what I was doing no longer mattered to me like it did before. And I was a CEO of a large commercial construction association, as you all know. I was lobbying. I'd been in government um, for a long time since 19, well, I'm not going to say since, <laughs> since a very long time ago. <laughs> I served in government for 25 plus years and I loved it when I was there. But when Logan transitioned, I knew that that was not meant for me. 
And so I was miserable in my job for a while. But what got me from, from that point to really pursuing what I love to do today, which is assisting people moving through their trauma, their loss, their stress, their depression, their anxiety, whatever you want to call it, is that I took one step at a time. While I was in a job that I didn't love, I knew there was a job that I did love. And I was trying to work through what that job would look like. I also worked with a coach. You know, I knew that I needed some help in getting out or moving through, not getting out of, but moving through some limiting beliefs that I had, some some blocks that I had. Um, and I also, this is the most important thing, if you hear nothing else but this, is that I loved what I did when I was doing it. So I got to a place where I didn't hate my job anymore. I was living in a job in a way that I was actually, um, how do I want to say it? I was living in a job in a way that I was actually doing what I wanted to do. So I was living in this job that I was continuing to live in as if I was living my dream job. So mm-hmm. I was it is powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew my dream job was there. So I lived as if I was living my dream job in the job that I was in. Mm. That sounded a little better than the first time. <laughs> but <laughs> find things to be grateful for no matter where you yes. are. Because when you're in that position, then you start to create that energy around you and you start to create more of that in your life. And so you get to live whatever way you want, you get to choose it. And the last thing is that I would say, take a risk. You cannot move forward unless you're willing to take risks to step into what you know your heart is calling. That is so true. And so over the weekend or, you know, last week or whenever it was, I binge watched a show called Motel Makeover on Netflix. Didn't know anything about it. Two young, I'm going to say millennial age women purchase motels, not hotels, but motels, run down, not doing anything, motels, rehab, refurbish, remodel them, and then turn them into something else. So this particular series is the the second property that they've done. So I don't really know much about the first property, but the second one was them doing exactly what you just said, right? Which was taking a risk. They put everything on the line. They bet on themselves. They left jobs that were no longer speaking to them, no longer serving them in in a bigger context, right? Because everything has a way of serving us on some level. You talked about gratitude, Kathleen. And so we can always find something to be grateful for. We can always find how that something that is happening or something that we are doing, how it is serving us, but in the grand scheme of what they wanted for their lives what they were doing was no longer serving them. And so it reminds me a lot of Catherine, right? Who is doing that. She's got a startup that she's doing 
we talked about this when we first met. She's working on her first location. I've already, you know, told her she's got to have one here in California. Kathleen may be moving to yet some other place. Maybe we'll get one started there when Kathleen yes, relocates. Yes, we will build and- markets around the Fab Five Sisters localities. So talk a little bit about... We're excused to see you in real life. Talk to this. Talk about <laughs> yes. how you came to this and, you know, this concept of taking a risk and sort of putting everything on the line. Because a lot of people are not willing to leave their job, right? Because there's a risk to it. How will I pay the bills? And while I don't think you have to necessarily quit everything and mortgage all your your home and, and, you know, extract your 401k. Maybe that works for some people, but for other people, it doesn't. And like, you know, Kathleen said, you can take one step at a time, right? You don't <laughs> well, all have of the to things do that you all. just happened to mention the 401k, the mortgage, the house, all those things I am doing to just be real. No, I just think some people, if that's not you, don't yes. feel like under. And I'm totally to comfortable with it. A hundred percent. I got zero emotion around it. I, I'm totally comfortable with it. Cool. So how did you come to this place where you are doing um, Fit District and where you, th- those were part of your consideration? You're like, this is what I want to do. And if this is what it takes. I'm willing to do that. Yeah, thank you for the opening and the question and the access to all that because I was, you know, like we there's just been so many amazing nuggets during the show so far and Kathleen like love what I do while I'm doing it. You know, like I wrote that down, I circled it, I got stars and hearts like all next to it, just so I don't miss it when I go back and read my notes. But because like we can always find, like you said, gratitude for things and going back to like big picture, like spiritual beliefs, like about life, like that everything is actually on purpose right? Because it leads us to the next beautiful thing, right? And like, that's personally my, even though sometimes in the day-to-day, it's hard to believe that, (laughs) but that is true. And if you're in a situation where you're really struggling with your work, you're having a hard time with your work, you feel lost, you feel like you're drowning, you feel overwhelmed, you feel like you're being bullied by a boss, like a situation that is like super, super, super challenging. I feel you and also know that it could be leading you. It could be what if it was a stepping stone to whatever the next amazing thing is supposed to be in your life. And so pulling the gratitude, pulling like the learnings out of everything is super important because we're talking about nightmare into dream job. So like, what is your dream job? Some people have a hard enough time just figuring out what do I really want to do? Like, what is a dream job? Right. And so you know, for me, it's like 
find what you love about the work you're doing, which is what you're saying, Kathleen. And so really it's like, no matter, even if it's a situation you hate, what can you find that you love in that moment to help? Because anytime we're living with a lot of turmoil and challenge and it's like, oh, a nightmare situation, you know, it's really rough on the body. It can be very draining. And I understand all that. So, I mean, that's like the nightmare part of it, but it, it can lead to the dream, which my situation has, um, you know, my work uh, in finance has been up and down. I have so many blessings. I'm so grateful for so many things about the line of work. I, there's a lot of things that I love and it's been super, super, super extremely challenging at, from time to time as well. Um, but in those dark moments, in that challenge, my startup, as Whitney miss mentioned, was also born because of the challenge, because of the things I was struggling with. This concept uh, that is now Fit District was born during those dark days. So again, you know, like real life for me is those dark moments. Now I see the purpose. And so like, now, what I've been dreaming about for close to the decade, I just signed the lease, which is a really big moment in the Fit District journey, really going after it after three years and just loving feeling like this is right on purpose. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. And being able to create and like really feel aligned with my mission on how I want to show up in this world, the mark that I want to make in this world, how I want to help people, how I want to create incredible experiences for people and help them take care of their body and their souls and have community and belonging. And so it aligns with like my mission so much and you, I just feel it. So it's a different feeling. It's like night and day from the my financial work like i just know one's on path and one has led me to where i'm going next and so in the moments it can be really challenging but also in that struggle dreams can be formed and so listen into the little voices the little nudges i will tell you that like i spent several years like trying to like say no to that inner voice telling me to do fit district. You know, like I had like the vision of the concept and then like for many years, like I would be super into it and like doing all the planning and the business planning work and like, you know, nerding out on spreadsheets and stuff. And then I would go, oh, this is really like disturbing my life. Like I'm super comfortable financially with my financial work. Negative self-talk, like this is just way too much, like not enough. Who do I think I am? Like, this is impossible. This is like a total disruption. And then I would like have so much effing turmoil inside my soul about not going after it. So then I'd have to go back to the Excel because I was like this internal battle and it didn't go away. And so like years, it took me a minute, you know, but you know, whatever, here we are. And I finally just said like, I cannot 
ignore this calling any longer. And I had also just gotten out of a relationship and I just knew it was what was next and I had to go after it. And that was like three years ago. So a big change also happened because I got out of a relationship, but this planning was in the making for many years. And my soul, I really believe it was a calling that's put into my soul because it like wouldn't go away. Like I didn't have a choice, but to go after it is the reality because <laughs> my, my soul would not let me because it was so in turmoil. Catherine, I love what you said about this is my dream path and what I'm in now is the path that led me there. So it just really was a really... I wrote that down too, Kathleen. I think that's a really important point. Mm -hmm. So dream it into being is really what I wanted to just ultimately say was dream it into being. If And Catherine's right. You know, it's a calling. You can't... You either follow it or it's going to knock you over the head to follow it. So it's better to jump on board and jump in the water and let the current take you versus trying to fight against it. Yes. And we can absolutely be anything we want to be. Like there are crazy amount of resources out there to build and create There are incredible books written by incredible people who have done it. I mean, any idea, go. You can just do the research online. Go get a book. You can listen to the book while you're driving to your current job, while you're driving home. Like, like contact people who are doing the work that you have a dream of doing and talk to them. Dig in, like model what, you know, they started doing to get their dream going, like, Start to just step into it. If you have a a hit, if you have a calling, if you have like, oh, that's something I could really enjoy or see myself like, just take a couple steps into it and explore it. There's so many resources out there. We can do anything, literally anything. And we can do it bigger than we can even imagine too. I love that. And that point, ties back into what Sarah said earlier, sort of about, you know, being someone who was on that, maybe the the front end, middle end of the generation where you've been told to dream. I don't recall my parents necessarily say, dream big, do whatever. But there were things that my parents did, right? The examples that they set that did that. So my father was an actor. And so what I do explicitly remember hearing was to be happy, not necessarily in the context of work. I would say when I was a kid, because kids are influenced by peers and what I saw my peers had and and in comparison to what we had, I always felt like my parents were sort of slackers because we didn't have what I saw my peers having, right? So I wasn't real happy with the example that they were setting. But when I look back now, I see they were actually setting this example about, and that in a line, in also with them saying 
specifically. I just want you to be happy. So there was the message of be happy. And then there was always the uplifting of you can do anything that you want, right? They just instilled in us that we had the ability, again, not necessarily about work, but that we were smart enough, we were good enough, and whatever we wanted to do that we could, in fact, do. And so my father was an actor. He was in community theater, regional theater, and I always wanted him to be a movie star. That wasn't my dad's dream, right? He was in it for the love and the purity of acting, of portraying a character. And I'm like, you should be a movie star. And you wanted to be famous. I wanted him to be rich and famous. Exactly. I wanted rich and famous. And he was like, you know, for the purity of it all. And I remember him getting a role on the streets of San Francisco, which is, you know, totally dating me, but he had this like really minor part. And I thought that was going to be the launch of this like movie, television and movie (laughs) career. And it didn't happen. And eventually my father stopped in the theater. Um, I understand now for lots of different reasons related to politics and things of the theater, but also because he had a family and he needed to be a contributor to the family. And so he took a job that I would say he didn't love, but he found aspects, like Kathleen said, he found aspects of what he could love, which was helping people. It got him in trouble a lot, but you know, it is what it is. And, but my mother also, she went back to school. She got her master's degree. So I, I got to see my parents sort of living this, let's do what we want. Let's, let's be people who are either making people happy, entertaining them, whatever, in the theater. Uh, my mother was a family court therapist a family court mediator. She was a clinical therapist and became a family court mediator, helping people in some of the worst times of their lives, right? Going through custody battles and and helping them to navigate that for the best interest of their children. So they set some really good examples about what it means to be in service of other people, what it means to do something that you're passionate about, that you love, without ever really saying those words. And I started from a place of acquiring things, right? Because I felt like I was deprived as a kid. And so I was about doing work that, that was about money. And so I built a, you know, a career as a lawyer and a lobbyist. I made really good money. And, but I wasn't happy and fulfilled in that. And when I took a step back, and looked at the things that I had done throughout my life and the times that I was happiest, it was in service of other people. And it was in helping them to figure out what they wanted to do, what they were good at. That's where I've been good, how I could connect people. And so I have built my work around doing those things. And, And what I love about the five of us is that we've all carved out a way to do that, 
right? That is in service of other people, you know, helping people, you know, create their a home, turning a house, real estate agents sell people property, right? But it's not about the acquisition of the property. It's about creating a home or a legacy or, you know, jobs for other people. It, 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 there are so many ways that we can look at anything that we're doing and see it in a different context. And it, again, this goes back to Kathleen. I was volunteering at church, and I don't know if I shared this earlier on or not, but I was volunteering at church. They stopped calling it volunteering. They were sort of rebranding it, partners with the church. And the pastor that I was working with as he was doing this rebranding, we'd have this conversation. I was going to be training the volunteers as part of this sort of new program and approach to volunteering. And he said, you know, when people are talking about working in the nursery, it's not about you coming and babysitting the kids while the parents are in church. You're nurturing little lives, right? And so when you stop and and look at what it is you're actually doing rather than the technical title of something, that you can find your place of service and giving and loving that makes a difference so that everything we do becomes that. And even though Kathleen didn't like cleaning toilets and making up beds, right? She worked with someone who saw that in a totally different light and embraced that and made it possible for her to love the work she was doing and doing the work that she loved. Absolutely. I love that you bring that up, Whitney, because it's just like, as you're speaking, it's every job role that happens contributes to a bigger purpose. It serves in some way. And so it's like, are you really just cleaning toilets or are you just, are you helping somebody else have a much more pleasurable experience when they come the next person have a much more pleasurable experience in this place, whatever it contributes, it serves in some bigger way. And that is why in leadership, it's so important to show your team how they contribute to a bigger purpose. On the flip side of creating a dream job for people is how what they're doing contributes to a higher, bigger purpose. And why it's important as a leader, since you mentioned that, to be able to have a vision and communicate that vision so that they are buying into something. Again, his vision was that when you're in the nursery, that don't think of it as babysitting, right? Think of it as in this like grander aspect and you would approach it differently that way. See it from a higher awareness. You know, that's a perfect example, Whitney, of when people are babysitting, they're just babysitting. They're just taking care of someone else's kids. When we're actually um, creating 
a new way of being and you're nurturing these beings into life and you're assisting them in growing and being the the human they're going to be, you have a much different awareness around that. So, you know, whatever it may be, just know that your purpose is much bigger in the exact place that you are right now. Know that you have the opportunity to just step back, breathe, and ask the higher power, show me the way, just show me what my next step is on my life purpose. Just show me because you, when you stop and connect, you'll be shown a much bigger picture than what you are able to see with your own eyes. Absolutely. And language matters, right? How, you know, like I get the pleasure of spending time with Sarah in real life because we live near each other and we do a lot of things together where, you know, we meeting a lot of people and certain communities that we're involved with and peer groups and so on. And anyway, like I never hear her say I'm a realtor. Never. Sarah, what do you say? I say I'm a matchmaker and I match people to their perfect real estate process. Yes. Like never, ever have I heard the word realtor come out of your mouth unless you're just like talking about some other like generic thing and language. I mean, that feels so different. She's a matchmaker. She matches people with their dream home. Like, and that's like, that's one of the biggest financial decisions a person will make in their lifetime. Huge. That language matters. And how you show Thank up for you. people, right, Sarah? And how you feel about the work you do. 100%, Absolutely. you know, feeling passionate about matching people to the right product, right? The right, if, if you're looking for an investment, then I'm going to approach the project differently than if you're looking for a home to live in. Or if you're looking for a commercial space, then approach it differently than... I would if you were purchasing a vacation home. And so it is a matchmaking effort. But if I didn't feel passionate about it, and if I didn't love, truly love people and the process of real estate, I wouldn't be able to dive in enough to know within myself that that's really what I'm doing, ultimately. Yeah, and it's very satisfying work. It really, really is. And I understand, I I have not had the pleasure of working with you because I don't live where you live. But as I understand over the course of the almost two years that we've known each other, you do what you do very well, right? And every time we get together, whether it is to record here or in our masterminds, can always see the passion in you about how you are serving your clients, right? Not about the pursuit of closing the deal, but serving your clients. And I think that's the beautiful thing about watching you in that process. So ladies, as we wrap up here, any final words you'd like to share about the process or what our listener can walk away with from a lesson in your experience? I just want to share just a little kind of, you know, on what we were just talking about. If you are feeling like I am in like a nightmare job situation, that can be very heavy. 
maybe sit down and just write 20 things that you're grateful for, for the work you're doing and how it serves a higher purpose. And that may be a little step towards a little shift that you need from at least shifting it from feeling nightmare to a little bit more dream job-ish. Actually write it down. I love that. Writing it down, taking time, tapping in is always, I think, super important and a great place to start. If you don't know anything else, anything else to do, that's a great place to start. And lastly, for me, I would say you have the power. I probably say this at every, (laughs) every podcast that we have, but you have the power. You can choose how you see things. You can choose how you react. You can choose how you respond. You can choose. So if you want to live in negative emotions and hateful feelings, you certainly can. Or you can choose to take the steps that you need that we've offered here, even in this segment, to start to create a life that you want to live. I would just add that if you're curious about what else it is that could fulfill you in your work life, is pay attention to the commonalities in the jobs that you've served in over the years, because there's something that's drawing you in. And I was in real estate for about a year and I realized that it really did play well that I had been an esthetician for so many years. And to think, uh, what does the spa world have to do with the house buying world? Well, everything. I was easily, I was so hyper-focused on customer service, but I'd also obtained a skill of earning trust. And I obtained a skill of being able to go deep with somebody in aesthetics and personal. And that is mirrored in real estate. And so ultimately what that says to me is that I like to get intimate and close with people and serve at the highest level. So what is the commonality that keeps coming up for you and where, what career could you find yourself in that would serve that deep desire? And you're, yeah. And as you're writing it down, as Catherine mentioned, you know, maybe do a word dump and figure out what keeps coming up as a, as a pattern. Yeah, there's actually love that. Science, science behind writing, like the I said, the number 20, you know, 20 things down because it helps get it even more into your nervous system. I love that, Sarah, the patterns and commonality. So I, I want to say, I think everyone here has talked about like some event that has happened in their lives, that there's something that started a shift and an awakening that there was possibly something somewhere else. And one of our recurring themes, episode to episode, is about being curious, right? You could be curious about the patterns and commonalities, as Sarah mentioned. You can be curious about the blocks that you have. What are the limiting beliefs that you have about work? right? About work in general, about the particular work you're doing, or about your ability to have a dream job. A lot of people don't think they're entitled to that or deserve that or that it's possible. 
you know, so you can get curious about these things. You can be curious about the path that you're on and what led you to that path. And I think that speaks to some of the commonalities and paying attention to that. What What is the path that has led you where you are? And if you are not where you want to be, how can you look at the circumstances that surround you, that led you here, that could possibly shed some insight to where you might go next? And I would say take Sarah's approach about being a matchmaker in real estate and do that for yourself, right? Be a matchmaker of where you could go next and and look at how you can approach it differently than you've approached it in the past. And then Kathleen mentioned, uh, if you're having difficulties, talk to some friends, right? Hire a coach, get someone that can help you see who you are, what you bring to the table, your talents, your gifts that maybe you're not seeing help you move beyond the blocks and limiting beliefs to expand your horizon about the possibilities and the opportunities that are out there. And whatever it is, just be willing to take a step, one step, any step, whether it's sitting down and brain dumping, you know, on anything whether it's about looking to your past and the messages that you've gotten from teachers or your family or your parents or whatever, and question those things. And then just be willing to open your mind to do something a little differently and find work that you could love. And while you're in the midst of doing that, love the work that you're doing. So with that, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to share with us what you learn in the process. If you are considering being part of the great resignation, let us know how we could be of service to you, what you're learning about yourself in the process, what your next step is, whether it's, you know, making over motels or renovating an island or or something. I, there's another show where Renovation Island, I think it's called or something like that. I love those shows, by the way. And or whatever it is, as you're going through it, feel free to reach out, share with us on our Facebook page. And thank you for being a fabulous listener of Beyond Your Best Life. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.